Welcome to Work 3.0. My name is Cecil K. Nørgaard and welcome to our special series about learning and development on the job. In this series, we'll talk to experts who know a lot about the best ways for employees to learn. So, these special episodes are especially for you who work with learning and development. But, of course, you are always more than welcome to listen in if you just want inspiration for how you can learn even better at your workplace. Our guest today is Ellen Nørko. Ellen is HR and Academy Director at Quick, which is an international company selling kitchens. And he has been in the HR industry for almost 20 years. He is especially experienced when it comes to connecting the people strategy with the business strategy. Welcome to the podcast, Ellen. Thank you very much. So how did you start your L&D journey professionally here 20 years ago? Well, that actually started in a funny place in the military where okay. I was taught how to train people, of course, in a, in a different way. But still, uh, some of the techniques I actually use today uh, okay. from the military where you need to be in control and always be prepared. And then when I started at the university, I also had a, a teacher job there in my spare time. And my first job was then in the retail business where I had to train people from Monday to Friday. Okay, in in classrooms or, uh, yeah. Retail business, it was uh, mostly classrooms, uh, but also outdoor training. So we actually combined those two things a lot. Okay, outdoor training, how so? Yeah, well, sometimes when you need to, especially if it's about uh, learning uh, and your personal profiles, then of course you can... Uh, get the model uh, presented in the classroom and you know the theory. But sometimes you also need to experience that uh, on yourself. And that is actually the best way to do sometimes outside when you have different cases that you have to solve together ah, in a group. Yeah. And okay. then you get feedback on how you perform. Makes sense. So so kind of workshops or on the floor training, you could also call it uh, exactly. in that way. Yeah. All right. Uh, so why did you end up going in this direction? Uh, what was it that you loved about learning and development and teaching? Well, I think uh, the funny thing here is that most people that you ask this question will say that it's because they like to work with people. Uh, mm -hmm. But a lot of jobs is working with people. So I actually not only like to see people grow, but I also really get something out of it myself. Even yeah. if you have uh, trained the same uh, module for 20 or 50 times, I always get something for myself as well because you get the sparring with different people all the time. So it's not the same, even though the theory might be the same. Yeah. So what I like the most is actually, yes, it is to see people grow. And then I grow through them uh, and mm -hmm. learn about their stories. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Definitely. Um, and... What mistakes did you make in the beginning when you started your L&D journey and what did you learn from those mistakes? Actually, when I think back, uh, I spent a lot of time knowing the theory and uh, the module and uh, the courses that I had to yeah. do. And also try to imagine what kind of questions that uh, the participant would throw back at me and I had yeah. to be prepared for those questions. And I didn't spend that much time on actually understanding their situation mm. and uh, why should they actually spend time with me and join this course. 
Um, and they're all different. They come from different uh, backgrounds. They might work for the same company, but they have different backgrounds and uh, different ways of thinking. So as time went by, I, I spent a lot more time on understanding their background instead of only just looking at the theory and trying to understand that. Because most of the time, it's uh, of course, you need to understand the theory and the model that you are trained in. Yeah. But it's in the dialogue and the, the sparring uh, that you get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. And probably also the the reason why you also improve maybe the the learning content uh, while you get the sparring. I would imagine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so um, there are many religions, mindsets, and strategies when it comes to learning. What's your main go-to strategy when we look at present day when it comes to creating learning for your audience in particular? Well, you will always be challenged that uh, people think it's a good idea to develop themselves and they also think it's a good idea to to train. But uh, yeah, I think the most of them think that, uh, yes, I can definitely benefit from that, but I don't have the time for it. And right now it's a difficult period. Uh, I have to to sell more and spend time on that. So yeah. you have always have the same to, excuses, the same excuses. Uh, yeah. So what I always think about is the accessibility. It has to be easy for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we are, I'm working in the international company. So there's also a lot of time spent on traveling if it has to be a physical course. So how can I set something up that they can really, really learn from and also get some payback from So I always think of myself as being a consultant within the firm. So I have to sell my product uh, in the best way to them, just as they have to sell their, in this case, kitchens Mm -hmm. to the end user. So I always try and also use uh, stakeholder management uh, a lot. It's not just making courses. You really have to understand the, the business. So the religion, if you can say so, is actually, okay, so... Where is the business going right now? What about my target group? And how can I sell value, not training? Mm. So I'm not selling trainings or courses. I'm selling value to the participants. And, you know, stakeholder management, I would I would assume that you had to talk to a lot of different people uh, internally in, in the organization as well. Um, what if you maybe were... Uh, one-man band, uh, L&D person in a small organization and maybe not had that many resources, would you still uh, prioritize doing the stakeholder management or what would you would you do? Uh, I think actually it's uh, maybe more important if you are the only person in the L&D department. Of course, you should not talk to uh, 50 or 20 different people. So you need to spend a lot of time, if it's in the beginning, to know your organization, because then it might only be a few people that you need to talk to regarding this Mm. and get their feedback. So know your organization and know who to go to and also know your most important stakeholders. That's that's key uh, of Mm -hmm. making a L&D success in the company. And 
and uh, you, we have maybe talked a little bit about what is what is working, uh, what you see is working, and making it more accessible and easy to access. Um, do you have more examples of what do, what you see is working when it comes to learning? There's no doubt that uh, the digital platform is is winning. Uh, it was, of course, uh, still there before Corona hit us, and it's mm-hmm. been even more important now yeah. uh, and people also learn how to use it i remember that right well in the middle of the corona we actually had to train people in how to have online meetings yeah. and also to do training there was a a lot of different things that they had to get used to and now they passed that so in my world we we always use the digital part and we also I have another keyword that I always uh, try to tell my employees that is scalability mm-hmm. uh, because we are a growing company. So what we do today, could we also do it in the same way if we were a double size and still mm. with the same output and not just by hiring uh, double uh, employees? So they need a scalable mindset or they need what? a scalable mindset and also embrace the development of the digital platform. So they have to know the new features of Teams or whatever they're using and also the uh, uh, artificial intelligence, which are really a hot topic right now. Yeah, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that later in this episode. Uh, um, Do you have more things you see working except from the digital? Well, I think... The combination of it, because uh, we have a lot of e-learnings that are posted that people can do whenever they they want, uh, but sometimes it's also a struggle to get them to to do those e-learnings. So a combination of both the e-learnings and also maybe physical courses, and it yeah. could also be that because it's a franchisee setup that we have, uh, and that's good in many ways because if they earn money they earn money for themselves so if we for example have a campaign where they need to sell something special and if we then can guide our trainings and the the benefits of participating in that training towards Ah. those campaigns then you are then you can see it then it's not just joining a training then it's actually joining a training because i want to be better at selling and doing my own business they get a very specific output Uh, of the training. And you need to make that clear for them. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the human aspect and uh, the output, it's important as well. Yeah, and then have respect for them that it's an investment, that they invest time and money in this. So they also need to meet a professional setup. Uh, So be professional about it and uh, also ask yourself the question, why should they spend time and money on this? Mm. And if uh, you cannot answer that question, then rethink your setup. Gotcha. And uh, what is not working? Well, it's not working just to have a huge uh, catalog with a lot of uh, courses and thinking, okay, so if the menu is just uh, huge enough and uh, they can pick and choose whatever they want and you have no follow-up setup around it, then it will not work. Uh, Then you always have to push for people participating And when you are challenged on, okay, so what are the benefits? How do you as a L&D academy uh, create value in the business? And if you then, the first 
uh, key points that you turn to is that yeah, well, last year we had uh, 50 different courses. Mm-hmm. Then you're definitely on the wrong track. Yeah. So you need to find a way to show the business that you create value. HR people and L&D people have for many years and maybe still will talked about that they wanted to be heard uh, in the business uh, offices and be a part of the top management team. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, the reasons why they're not is because they don't understand the business language. So... To be a good HR or academy director, uh, you really need to understand the business. So if you have to join courses yourself, then don't jump into uh, only taking courses around change management, uh, communication or whatever it is, but also really have focus on understanding the business. And... um we hear about many who are still in the early process of digitalization and really enabling learning within their company. Do you have any good tips on where to start or best practices? Well, you have to, again, and I'm getting back to my points about uh, stakeholder management and understanding the, the business. You really have to set off time in the beginning to do your analysis right. What kind of courses, what kind of setup is is needed? And then really start small i mean, uh, it's better to start out with uh, with two s- successful courses than having a portfolio of five or ten, because you'll always, of course, depending on the size of the company, struggle with getting people to attend. Uh, and then you, of course, need some ambassadors, and that's where the stakeholder mm-hmm. management come in, because using that and showing that you actually understand the business and not only are there to uh, tick off a certain number of courses, then you will also not only gain respect, but you will also create ownership in the company. And uh, the struggle that you mentioned here, it could maybe also be uh, related to another challenge that people is really having a hard time getting people to engage with learning content. How do you work with this challenge? Well, actually, we really narrow the courses. So we don't do that many courses, but mm-hmm. when we really have some. And we also, because sometimes you think that you're spending all your time on changing courses, developing new courses, and you more or less want a, a settled setup that can run year by year because then you have time to do whatever you, you, you can do. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that you will spend every year changing something, adjusting, yeah. understanding the strategies So where are we now. So we actually created something something new or are about to, and that is the topic of the month. That is just a, a webinar where you can call in for a half an hour or maybe an hour with mm-hmm. the topic of the month. And then it's not just me explaining things. It can also be experts from the company yeah. Yeah. Um, that are then talking about, okay, so now we have this challenge this month, uh, the next month it might be something else. So you need to stay relevant uh, yeah. as an L&D setup. Um, All right. And 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 I'll, will a lot of employees attend these uh, webinars? Well, we hope so. It's a new thing that we, okay. uh, that we are going to set up. Uh, we have had it, well, recommended for a lot of, uh, by a lot of people. So... Yeah. Um, i think that's just the way to do it. We, of course, still have some theories and some modules that we always get back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the staying relevant and finding a way that you can do that uh, on the short term 
it's uh, is key. Yeah, to uh, engage people. Yeah, and then it's or just keeping uh, them engaged. Joining in for not more than an hour or maybe only a half an hour, mm -hmm. and then you get some inspiration, yeah. two key points that you can take with you right away. Yeah, especially as we talked about earlier, when people always have these excuses about they don't have the time to do uh, learnings and and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, sometimes when I in my network talking to other LID people, they they use that excuse, yeah, but they don't have time and they don't yeah. want to join. But try to turn it around and again say, why should they join? Why should mm -hmm. they spend time? So if everyone is saying that they don't have time to spend on your courses, maybe it's the setup that's wrong. And uh, when do you have success mm -hmm. with your initiatives? Well, I have success when we can, uh, can measure it. And yep. I know that there's a lot of factors that can be included in here. Mm -hmm. So is it only because I joined this course that my sales are going up or my yeah. closing rate or, or, or whatever it is? But then just acknowledge it. Find your ways of measuring things. A good example from uh, from my company is that we we struggled a little bit in, in Spain with uh, getting sales up. And then okay. we really focused on only that country and made a lot of uh, sales courses down there and the focus on it. And now we can actually see that the sales are going up in Spain. Is that only because we uh, we did courses down there? Of course not, but it's definitely a part of it. Yeah, it's a factor. It is. Yeah, makes sense. And um, when, what's the one thing you can never miss when you create learning? What do you always do? You always have to be relevant to the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so back to the relevancy. Yeah. yeah, back to relevancy and what's in it for me as a participant. Yeah. And also, I mean, it is an investment, not just for the ones participating, but also for the company. They invest in me as being in charge of this, um, but they also invest in the courses uh, directly. So what's in it for the participant, but also what's in it for the company. You always have to be able to answer those questions. Yeah. All right. And what about you? What are you most interested in when it comes to learning uh, at the moment? What uh, is there a spe specific direction or yeah, theory or something that you are interested in? Right now, it's, it's two things. Yeah. It's getting the right international setup because we are growing not yeah. only in numbers of uh, employees and stores, but also in countries. Yeah. So getting the right international setup mm -hmm. and not having to spend too much time on traveling, but also how do you combine those cultures and languages? Because it is a big setup that you need if you always have to translate things. Mm -hmm. So how can you get that setup and how can you also use the new technology um, that are available for you. And that could, yeah. for example, be the uh, AI functions that can really also be useful in uh, learning and development setup. Yeah, how, how do you picture that? Well, you can, of course, uh, be really be wiser on, on how the different modules are, are working. You can use it as an inspirational bank. Mm -hmm. uh, But you also know that maybe your stakeholders, your participants, uh, your company as a, in general, 
can benefit from it. So maybe you have to create some super users within your company and then really try to uh, get that knowledge out in the organization instead of being maybe afraid of it and think that it will take jobs uh, from mm-hmm. different functions, then try to explore it and use it in the best way. But I think those who will learn that fastest will have a big advantage. Yeah, definitely. And um, if we look into the looking glass, uh, what do you think the future of learning will look like? Uh, speaking of uh, AI taking over jobs, will the AI also take over the the role of the L&D professional or what do you think? Uh, I think it will, of course, take over some jobs. But as we have seen before, then the technology also create new jobs. Mm. So I'm really not afraid that it will take over, but it will change the setup in the L&D as well. Uh, so I think the future looks very interesting. And now we've been through a period where we have always talked about that you are online and you are available all the time. Yeah. You need to be able to shut down your phone and your notifications, uh, spend time on your own, and all of these things. That will, of course, still be an issue. But I think actually the new theories and the new functions might be able to help you in that direction. Mm. How so? Can you say a little bit more about that? Well, just uh, I joined the course, uh, I think it was half a year ago, of how to use Outlook. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, well, I know how to use Outlook. So uh, why should I join this course? Actually? Yeah. But then I had to see it because it was something that we might wanted to use in our company. And I actually learned some new things. Okay. How to make some rules, how to make things easier, how to use colors, how to use the setup because a lot of things have been developed that I was not aware about because I didn't go into that technicality because it was just, well, I use it for my calendar and my emails comes in and out uh, of that program. So be interested and uh, explore the technologies that you use now because they are actually being developed and they're being developed with functions that can help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you could give a tip to someone who wants to pursue a career within uh, learning and development, what tip would you give them? Well, L&D is not just about making courses. Uh, You will also, being a part of an L&D in a company, you will really, really get to know the company because you will get to talk to a lot of people. I think actually those people in the company that talk to the most people and are the most known people in the company, they work in the L&D department. So it's a really, really interesting place to be because you get the business understanding and you get to work with different stakeholders. Uh, So you're some sort of in the middle and that's a really interesting place to be. And on that note, uh, I will say uh, thank you so much for your insights uh, and sharing your insights today, Ellen. Well, you're welcome. This was the fifth episode of our special series of Work 3.0. We'll be back next month with another expert who will give you the inspiration for your next learning and development projects. This episode was brought to you by Learning Bank, the learning platform with engaging learning for every step of the employee journey. Stay tuned, take care, and thanks for listening.